It's amazing what God is doing all over the world and uh, what he's doing right here in our own backyard. And, you know, I was talking to Robert just a second ago. I've been in Ephesians, I mean, um, Revelation now for quite some time. And um, I'm really enjoying it and I'm, and I'm getting a lot out of it. But here, I guess in the past few weeks, um, the Lord's just been working in my life in a certain way. And I'm going to deviate a little bit from Revelation today, uh, one, because of time, and two, because of what God has placed on my heart, and we'll come back to Revelation um, next week or soon thereafter, and um, I want to share with you today some things that God has been showing me and teaching me, and and things that, that really have started to transform my life in a greater way, and to minister to me and to Help me to see some areas that I really struggle in, but not just to see some areas where I struggle or where struggle is occurring, but to help me to understand what needs to be implemented in those spaces so that I can start to become the man that God wants me to be. And I think that that, that, that comes with getting into the Word of God and, and slowing down, listening to what the people around you are saying. And, I, and I'm not saying that we need to transform and cater to the desires of those around us, but many times those that are closest to us can see things that we can't see. And oftentimes we like to deny that and we like to uh, just set that aside and disregard that. But oftentimes it is used by God or should be used by God in order to help us to see who we are and some areas of life that we need to work on. I had a good friend of mine say, uh, brother, even when you are falsely accused and criticized, you need to take those criticisms and you need to take whatever you can out of them to benefit you in the eyes of the Lord. He also told me this, he said, if, an, uh, if someone uh, makes an accusation against you or they come against you, uh, even in a way that is false and it's not true, if you get offended, then it is revealing some things in you that really need to be worked on and some sinful tendencies. Because if my identity was in Christ Jesus and Christ Jesus alone, it wouldn't matter what people brought against me because I'm secure and I know exactly who I am and I trust that Jesus will sort all of that out in the end. So anytime we rise up in offense, anytime we rise up in, in, in arms and, and we get defensive, then it just shows insecurities in us and it proves that we are not finding ourselves in Christ like we need to be finding ourselves in Christ. Let me tell you this, is that what I've started to learn and what I've started to grow in is that the man of God, and uh, I believe the woman of God too, the man of God that is firmly founded on the word of God and secure in his relationship with Jesus Christ can do things that someone who is worried about every little thing in the world cannot do. He can love his wife like she needs to be loved. He can train his children like they need to be trained. And he can stay focused on the task at hand and not get sidetracked by every little thing that comes along because Jesus Christ in his word laser focuses him on who he is calling him to be. Let me ask you this. Do you live every minute of every day of your life seeking God after who he desires for you to be and asking him to turn you into that man? Asking him to turn you into that woman. You see, so many times we get so caught up in the things of the world that we lose sight of the things of God. And we can't become what God wants us to become if we are focused on the world and being poured into by the world and being affected by the world and being shaped by the world. And the only way that we can get out from under that system, out from under that shaping and out from under that tool is to get up under the Lord Jesus Christ. For there is there now, now for 
Uh, there is there no condemnation uh, in Christ Jesus. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. And many of us are operating under the law of sin and death. Well, as I've been trying to focus on the Lord in this way, because my wife and I, just to be transparent with you, have just been at each other. And I think I told you a little bit about that last week. We've just been at each other. And it just seems like every little thing that we do is just nagging at each other and just tearing each other down. And, and, and a lot of that stems from me not feeling like I'm getting what I need to get or I'm not hearing what I need to hear. Or she's not doing what I want her to do. And so I'm frustrated all the time. And then she can't do anything right because Everything she do is just a reflection of things I'm not happy with. And so then I'm just finding all kind of things wrong even when she's trying to do right and vice versa. And when you come to a point, I just, this has become so clear to me because I deal with, with marriages that are on the edge all the time. And many of you are in that place. You're on, the marriage is on the edge or it's, it's finally come to a place where it's no more or you're, you're worried about it coming to the edge. And, and, and God has started to reveal these things. And I think it's for many of us in here today is that we get to a place where we're so frustrated with the other person that we cannot even give room for hope to be realized. That we can't even give a, an inch. We are just so against that person in our life that we can't even give an inch to, to, to see something good in that person. Because we're so blinded by our missed desires. And the ways that we've been hurt or the things that we didn't get. That we're so blinded for, by our own selfishness. By our own uh, uh, thinking of ourselves in pride. That we cannot even give an inch to that person. And even when we try... Test it, test it. Even when we try to do what the Bible says to those around us, many times it's for selfish reasons. And the only reason we do it is so that they will finally eventually meet our needs. And we're surprised when it blows right back up in our face. I've been talking to the ladies about this and just doing some reading and some praying, really. And, and, and I've come to realize is that I spend way too much time worrying about what my wife's doing or isn't doing and way uh, too little time worrying about who I am in Jesus Christ. And I am thoroughly convinced on my studies and on my searching that if men and women alike would turn all of their focus onto themselves and their relationship with Jesus Christ, that the fruit of that examination would result in a healthy marriage nine times out of ten. It would result in powerful children of God that go into the world and make impact for the kingdom of God. If we would only turn our focus on ourselves and say, God, what do you have for me today? God, what word do you have for me that would chisel away some things that are in me that shouldn't be? What word do you have for me that would slow me down and take my eyes off of myself and put my eyes on my wife or my children, my husband or my children that would lift them up and make them see who they are in God's eyes? What would it be like, church, if, if all the effort and all the energy that I spent criticizing my wife and my children and everybody else around me, what if I turned all of that energy into being who God called me to be? You see, we do two things when we focus on other people that way. 
We continually tear them down, chisel away, cut them, slice them, stick them, jerk them, push them, and we, we just continually add them all the time. So one way, we tear them down. And in another way, the more you tear somebody down, the more you build yourself up in pride and arrogance. So now you've got a misunderstanding of who you are, and you've torn them all to pieces, and now you see who they are. The pride multiplies, and now we're in a place where we cannot even see what the other person needs because all we can see is our selfish disgusting appetites and desires and for that place there's little to no hope except in Christ Jesus let me get into the text here I want to look today at a very well-known text and I'll be focusing on men but the principles that I'm about to lay down is for everyone across the board and what I'm telling you today that if you will put it into place in your life whether you're married, whether you're single, whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you're male, whether you're female, whether you're a child, or whether you're a parent. It doesn't matter. If you put the principles in place that are found in these texts, you will see chains fall off, and you will finally be free to, in order to effectually uh, uh, reach the people around you in ways that you never, never, ever could before. You see, if we can do these things... It will free us up from focusing all of our attention on ourselves, and we'll finally be able to meet the needs of those around us. And in so doing, we will be fulfilled ourselves. It's ironic how it happens because we shoot ourselves in the foot all the time. We'll turn to Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through roughly 33. We'll see how far we get. But I just wanted to share some of these verses with you and some insights that God has been laying on my heart and hopefully draw you into this place because... Here's where I'm at, okay? Uh, here's where I'm at. I told you last week, you know, God's just been crashing. I like that. He's just been crashing in on me. He's, a, he's, crashing, he's crashing me in many different ways and showing me that I'm not at all, you know, all that I think that I am. I can be very prideful and arrogant if you hadn't uh, already been able to tell. I deal with that. That's one of my struggles. And so, you know, I, I tend to think of things like uh, I shouldn't think of them and uh, tend to, to find success in things I shouldn't find success in. And, and God kind of wrecked me this week over that or last week and these last few weeks. And he said, Brandon Pori said, you have a good, um, you have a good many times and, and, and a habit of taking and comparing yourself to the worst people that you might minister to and therefore falsely building yourself up to think that you're something that you're not. And I can be the only one in here that does that, or you can stop lying. And, 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 and here's the deal, you know, I, I, let's, let's talk about me being a husband, okay? I come in here, and I preach, you know, and, and, and I preach the Word of God. I teach the women's class, you know, and, and I don't know, maybe you don't, but you might look at me and go like, man, you know, I, I could submit to a husband like that. But see, the problem is you don't live with me. <laughs> amen? You don't live with me. You're not supposed to amen. Who's, easy. See, you don't live with me. You don't see what my wife sees. You don't see my faults. You don't see my failures. You don't see how big of a jerk I can be sometimes. You don't see how I can pick apart. You see, I, I, I am actually trained in the art of debate. I really am. I really am. I, like, I, I take courses. I, I, I chisel away my ability to debate and argue and never lose. Like I really want to never lose an argument. Well, imagine how terribly difficult and frustrating that is for my wife. I mean, it really kills me. I mean, I've really done myself in. Because I feel like I can never lose, and therefore I can never, ever admit that I'm wrong a lot of the times. 
So it just destroys me. It, 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 it tears me apart. So see, you don't, you don't see the, the behind-the-scenes thing. You don't see what, what we struggle with. You don't see what the other person struggles with. And nine times out of ten, we are comparing ourselves with people that we don't even really know. And even when we do know them, we don't see the behind-the-scenes stuff. So you're comparing yourself to people who are way down in the gutter and they need help, or you're comparing yourself to people who you think are way up here and they're really not. And we're looking at ourselves through false lenses and we're not getting an accurate representation of who we actually are. So let me confess my. My wife and I have been struggling. She's not in here. Maybe the Lord kept her out today. I don't know. I think she's doing the Christmas tree stuff, so praise the no. no. Let me tell you, let me, let me lay mine out there. See, my wife and I have been struggling. She's probably watching online, so I'm watching anybody. <clears throat> my wife and I have been struggling just with being at each other all the time, you know, and just, just nagging each other, being frustrated with each other. And, and I'm, I'm having conversation with myself. Y'all talk to y'all selves? Oh, I talk to myself. He's a crazy son of a gun. But I talk to myself, too, and I'll be like, self, that woman's crazy. You a, you, you a good man. You're, you're, you're a good man. You work. You work every day doing something. You, uh, you provide for your family. You, uh, you read the Bible with your kids a pretty good bit. You, uh, you, you do love your wife, and you, you do all these things around the house, okay? And I'll, I'll say, oh, self, you, you all right, you know? You're doing good. What's wrong with that woman, right? Then I'll say, she could be married to so-and-so, you know? I wish you could marry him for about a week. <laughs> then she'd know. And then, is that her coming in by there? <laughs> okay, okay. No, no, no. And I say, I'm, I'm confessing now, okay? Your pastor ain't perfect. I'm confessing. I'm confessing my sin. I say, I say, see, if she was married to so-and-so, and many of y'all are like, I wonder if he was talking about me. No. <laughs> If she was married to so-and-so for just two weeks, then she'd, then she'd honor me. Then she'd know. Then she'd, then she'd love me like she should love me. She'd speak to me like she should. Woman. If she only knew, right? And how proud. And I've done that. And all of y'all liars have too, right? <laughs> but you see, the Lord just, Because my wife's been frustrated. My wife's been frustrated. Well, I start reading the Bible, <laughs> and, and I start to read things like Ephesians chapter 5, and I'm going, hold on a second. Wait a second. Let's read Ephesians 5, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Husbands, Ephesians 5, starting in 25. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. So let me get this right. So the call and the command on a husband is to live with his wife in such a sacrificial way and in such an intentional way of providing sanctification for her through the Word of God that she would be elevated to the place of a godly woman through the humble servant leadership of her husband that she might stand before God in all of her glory. 
Now, that's the measure of a good husband. It's not Joe Bob Hickey Doodle over there who gets drunk every night and who sneaks around on his wife and who does all of these terrible things. How dare us compare ourselves to the people of the world when we're trying to figure out if we're a good husband or not? That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard of. And that was, that's me. Ain't that stupid? It's okay. You can say, yeah, I won't get my feelings hurt. You see, <laughs> thanks a lot, brother. <coughs> You see, we need to sit ourselves beside the Lord Jesus Christ and say, Lord, am I living up to who you have called me to be and who you were to me? And here's the deal. Is that apart from God himself working through the power of the Holy Spirit in a direct way to your wife, men, you are the greatest sanctifying agent in her life. So if she's not the woman of God that you think she should be, you'd only need to go look in the mirror. We're like, why are you like this? And if she was smart, she'd say, you. <laughs> Your wife ain't in here either, don't worry. <coughs> she probably is. No, no, no. You see, the wife has her own standards too. The wife has her own standards, too, and we can unlock those if we have time. But I'm telling you right now, this is my whole point, is that if we would stop thinking and comparing ourselves to the men of the world, to the women of the world, then we could reflect on ourselves properly by placing ourselves next to the Lord Jesus Christ by examining ourselves according to the Word of God, okay? And then we would be transformed into the people that God wanted us to be, and we would be walking in the ways that God is calling us to walk and thereby provide the greatest possible chance for our women, our wives, our husbands, our men to become who God God wants them to be. You see, so what we do is we, we are killing ourselves because we're looking at them going, you should be this, you should be that. And God's saying, I am going to use you if you would stop being so stupid to make them into this or that. But you won't, and so they're not. And so you're just smashing your hand with a hammer going, my hand's hurting. <clears throat> Listen, let's take a step back. Last week I talked about um, Revelation chapter 8, and we, we talked about <clears throat> the end time judgment and the breaking of the system, <clears throat> this economic system that so many people trust in. We talked about the fall of mankind and the wrath of God being poured out. And we talked about <clears throat> how we need to be of the mindset of Jesus Christ that desires for the people of the world to be set free from the world and into the kingdom of God's grace, into the kingdom of, of, of the Son, that they might experience true freedom, okay? Now, we need to do that. We want to do that. We need to want to do that. And we need to be used by God to be uh, this agent of change as ambassadors of Christ. But here's the deal, guys. Here's the deal. If you're so focused and consumed with, with what you're getting from your spouse or anybody else, then you can't focus on what you need to be giving to those people around you. So we need to be freed up from our need and filled up so that we can then uh, proceed to give to those in need. And that will be the way that the kingdom of God is built and the world is transformed. Let me say it this way. You see, Melissa... 
uh, <clears throat> and her husband, they talked about prostitution in Brazil, which is a thousand miles away, more it's a long way away. And we go, oh, wow, that needs great over there. Glad they're so excited about it. Good for them. I couldn't do that, but good for them. I'll pray for you over there. But let me tell you something right now. I want to minister to those guys. And I don't have to go to Brazil to do it. Let me say this. Literally, I spoke with a man less than two weeks ago. I won't reveal his identity, but I spoke with a man less than two weeks ago. Tears ran down his face as he told me about his daughter who was prostituting herself out with drugs. This man lives less than 10 miles from here. Two weeks ago. I literally know girls in our neighborhood, in our city, in our community, in the surrounding communities I know of, and I, and I used to know these girls who who pimp themselves out, who prostitute themselves out, and don't even get paid for it except drugs. I know of people in relationships right now that the only reason they're in that relationship is so that they can have sex in order to uh, help that guy provide them with drugs. And here we are sitting in church. You see, it's not just about family. It's not just about husbands. It's not just about husbands and wives, but it's about being freed up of all of your pride and selfishness that you can see the needs of others. You see, the reason I can't see to my wife's needs is that I'm too focused on my own needs. But Jesus Christ here says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the word. Well, what's the prerequisite for being able to wash her in the water of the word? What is the prerequisite for being able to provide sanctification for those that are around us. What do you need to do in order to preach the gospel and set the captives free? What do you need to do? You need to live a sacrificial life. You can't do it if you're too focused on yourself. It's the same principle in marriage as it is in the world. We're too prideful and we're too selfish and we're thinking about ourselves too much, so therefore we cannot go out and meet the needs of others because we're still trying to get our own needs met. God help us. I've been guilty way more times than once. But I want to tell you there's hope. Because, see, that's why I told you at the beginning of this service, I already heard from the Lord Jesus Christ today. I already heard. Is that I don't have, I, listen, I, I see people in this audience right now that are under such bondage and such baggage that they say, that sounds really good, Brennan. But I'm telling you right now that I've got to focus on me for a little while before I can even think about focusing on anybody else. I've got to focus on me because I'm not in a place where I can minister to anybody. Well, let me tell you something. I say amen to that. But all it takes is a word because Jesus Christ poured his life out on the cross that he would pay the sin debt of every man, woman, and child in this room and all they need to do is call upon the name of the Lord and they will be saved and that means that they'll be set free if they'll choose to walk in that freedom I'm telling you right now Gene I'm telling you the truth son Claire I'm telling you the truth that Jesus Christ does things that the world cannot even fathom he sets us free from our wickedness. He sets us free from our sin. He sets us free from our habits. He sets us free from our addictions. And he does so in a way that sets us loose in the community. Yeah, I'll tell you what right now. Where's Donnie Dunaway? He's working in the church is where he's at. That man was a dopehead over, a little over a year ago. 
Matthew said that deserves a name clap. Clap your hands, people. Hey, he's not the only one. I could go around. I could go around. I could raise my own hand. I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. If you walk out this door in bondage, it's because you choose your own selfishness and to focus on your own self and your struggles and your hurts and your habits and your hangups into the neglect of the Lord Jesus Christ and his redemptive work on the cross. Jesus Christ did not come to, to make bad people good. He came to make dead people live. And I'm telling you right now that if you want to be a man of God, if you want to be a woman of God, then you set your eyes on Jesus Christ. You put all of your heart and all of your trust and all of your love into Jesus Christ, and he'll set you free, and he'll set you on a path, and he'll blaze a trail with your tail. That rhymed. Listen, listen, the least among you can be the greatest, I promise. The least among you can be the greatest by not looking to his own selfish desires, but seeing to the needs of those around him. That's the words of Jesus Christ. He who seeks to be greatest among you must make himself a servant to all. Must make himself a servant to all. I love you, and I, and I want to be able, for me and you, I've told you, I, I struggle with this. This ain't, this ain't like, you know, you know, me telling you, what I, hey, pray for me. Pray for me, but I want to tell you there's hope in Jesus Christ. I want to give you an example of that same hope in Jesus Christ. <clears throat> I, I really don't, you know, I, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to love my wife, you know, for the past, you know, week or so. I've just been trying to just stop thinking of anything that she's doing wrong or that I think she's doing wrong. You see, a lot of times the things that you think she's doing wrong or the things that you think he's doing wrong, they're really not even that bad. You're just so focused on yourself that it multiplies it and magnifies that problem. And so what I've been trying to do now for about the past week is just say, you know what? Brennan, stop being so stupid and just love your wife for who she is. What a, what a groundbreaking idea. <laughs> I'm such a genius. You know, just, just, just say, you know what? Yeah, she's got problems. She's got problems. But, you know, I don't care. I don't care. And, and I'm going to stop trying to fix her problems. I'm going to try my best <laughs> to stop trying to fix my wife. Now, that's hard for men. It's really hard for women. But the irony is, the more, listen to, is everybody listening? Raise your hand if you're listening. Praise the Lord. The more you try to fix your husband, the worse it will get. The more you try to fix your wife, the worse it will get. The more you seek to be who God has called you to be, the greater the possibility that she will be who God's calling her to be. Because the agent that he commissioned to be sanctifier is you by the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you don't do what God is calling you to do, then you hurt her chances at being who God's called her to be. Does that make sense? Wives, live with your husbands in submission, in quiet, gentle submission. 
knowing that this is the greatest possibility that you can be used by God in order to draw his leadership out, that he might be that man that you actually want him to be. But the more you say, you need to be this, you need to be that, you need to be this, the worse it gets. Because neither man nor woman is the Holy Spirit. Therefore, you need to be used by the Holy Spirit the way that the Word of God outlines for you to be used by the Holy Spirit to do what the Holy Spirit is calling you to do. This is not just for men and women who are in marriage, but this is for everybody. This is for everybody. Listen to, I wanted to share this scripture with you, and I wrote it down the other day. This is just a little notebook that I'm trying to memorize these scriptures and put them into place in my own life. Listen to this. 1 Thessalonians 5:15 So that no one repays see that no one repays evil to another for evil but always seek after that which is good for one another Always have the other person in mind over yourself Oh wow how that would absolutely transform our our lives. You know, that's what Jesus did. It's, it's a very simple the, the 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 Bible is so simple it's hard. If we would just well, I think that you should do this because of me. If we would just say, how can I serve you today? How can I love you today? How can I see to your needs today? Guys, be that to tell you. Your wife drives you crazy. It's only driving you crazy because you're allowed to drive you crazy. You could see it as a keen opportunity for you to be used by God to draw her into that relationship. You know, a lot of the times, and I learned this through a book I've been reading, a lot of times it says this, and I, and I looked at my own life and I said, you know, I think I already knew that, but praise the Lord. It says a lot of the times women are frustrated because they lay out hints for their husband and the husband don't get it. And the, and the husband is frustrated because the woman don't just say what's on her mind. And I said, amen. I'm like, spit it out, woman. Ain't no mind reader. Right? I thought that was her walking this way. No, for real, I say, I, I think in my mind, and sometimes I'll just tell her. She'd get mad at me, and she never even explicitly said it. She was like, you should have known. How am I supposed to know that woman? No mind reader. But, but I could see that two different ways. I could see it as her trying to trip me up, and I believe sometimes she's like this. Or I could see it as her longing for me to listen to her to read between the lines, to care so much about her that I dissect what she says and not try to fix it, but try to meet her needs. And I see the women going, see, guys, women are crazy like that. The best that we can do is run with it. See it as an opportunity. I'm an opportunist. I, did, I didn't even think. I've never even thought about it that way. Right? I've never, even, I've never even thought about it. So I'm going to work. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get me a magnifying glass and a Sherlock Holmes hat, and I'm going to see if I can do my best to listen to my wife. Now, I get in trouble when I listen to try to fix it. Immediately when my wife starts talking, I'm like, something's wrong. You know, and I try to fix it. She don't want that. She wants me to listen to her. And a lot of times I don't need to say anything. Just need to listen and be thoughtful. Ask questions. Hey, babe, is this, is this what you're saying? You need me to do this for you? And if we do that, a lot of times she'll say, no, I, I mean this. And we can help get clarity that way. 
But and ladies, is that is that that pretty true? You, want, you just want somebody to listen to you. Want to be heard. Want a man to take the time. An impatient man to take the time. Now, ladies, let me ask you this, and I know we're about to shut it down. How how big of a deal would it be? How much of a game changer would it be that the man in your life would slow down, listen to what you're saying, put two and two together, and do those thoughtful insights that you were hinting at without having to tell him? How big of a difference would that make? Raise your hand if that would make a huge difference. Hey, guys, we need to first, hey, First Peter chapter 3 says, Husbands, live with your wives in, in an understanding way, knowing that they're the weaker vessel. <laughs> I should have left the second part off. But really, men are like iron pots. They just say it right out. And it gets us in all kind of trouble. But women need to be cared for. They need to be caressed. They need to be listened to. They need to be, they need to be cared for. And, and, and let's investigate to meet their needs. You say, she gets her feelings hurt too easily. Well, how much care do you take not to hurt her feelings? Lord have mercy, my toes is hurt. Because this is, this is my area of struggle. I'm telling you right now, I've got a big mouth and I don't have compassion. But I'm trying. I'm trying last week or two to intentionally slow down to write out things, to listen, and it's making a difference already. To give my wife a hug and a kiss without expecting anything in return. To come home and and do some things around the house and to just show her that I love her, to get the kids up in the morning and not expecting anything in return just because I love her. And that little practical stuff makes a huge difference. And wives, you could live with your husbands in an understanding way too, knowing that he's an idiot. You know? Hey, don't do that all the time. You know? Just say what you mean sometimes. Because give a brother a break. You know? Sometimes I feel like I'm walking through a minefield. You know? So every now and then, just say what's on your mind. And let us know. Talk to us. Shoot us straight. Man, how, would that make a difference? If your woman would tell you what she wanted, how many of you try your best to get it? Amen. But how, have you, how many of you really have no dang idea what she wants? Amen. See? You see the disconnect here? You see? She's like, why don't you know? He's like, you won't tell me. She said, I did 18 times. You're just too stupid to get it. Let's both live with each other in an understanding way, okay? Take the focus off of you. And put it onto them. And the crazy thing, this very practical lesson, if applied to our lives in marriage and in parenting and all other things, it'll actually produce evangelism in the community. You say, what in the world are you talking about, Brandon? I need to finish, but, but here's where I'm going. So we talked about prostitutes. We talked about drug dealers. We talked about uh, the kids that really need the Lord, right? Well, the product of living the way that God has called you to live within marriage, within parenting, within relationships outside of here, is that it actually spreads. It, it, it grows. It produces and multiplies. And sanctification grows. If you intentionally put work into it, it grows. So here's the deal. If I am, if I am continually seeking to meet the needs of my wife 
and not focusing on my own, then I am being who God has called me to be. And actually, the Lord Jesus Christ is meeting my needs as I am looking to sacrifice myself for her needs. You see how that works? And if she is setting aside her needs and pursuing to fulfill my needs by being filled up with Jesus Christ, then her needs are being met, not by me, but by the Lord Jesus Christ. Through his word filling her and through me filling her by the power of the Holy Spirit. So here we have two people who are not selfish and who are not self-seeking, but that they are devoted to seeing to the needs of others. And because of this, they're both being filled up. Well, when both of these people become filled up, they love each other with with a pure love, with an unmotivated love, an unexpecting love, and that love is so full and filling that it spills out onto the other people that are around them. And when you are fulfilled in your life, you are able to give to those in need around you because you don't need anything from them. And see, what happens is if you're not fulfilled at home, if you're not fulfilled in your relationships, what you are is a needy person. Isn't that logically... Just, just consistent, right? It's biblically consistent. If you're not fulfilled in your relationships, then you're a needy person. And what happens is, is that you become a user. And everybody around you, you use in order to see to the needs that you have. Legitimate needs that you have. And you have these needs. The only problem is, it's not the needs. God fully understands exactly what you need and knows what you need before you even ask Him. It's not the needs. It's the place that you see to have your needs met. And if you have your needs met in Jesus Christ, then you are then able to meet the needs of others that are all around you through the power of the Spirit, through the outworking of Jesus Christ and the fruit on your tree. Here it is. Let's all stand to our feet. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control. Did I miss one? Faithfulness. These are the fruits of the Spirit. So the picture is is that those who are filled up full and are rooted, rooted in Jesus Christ will be like a tree that produces fruit. Well, this tree is full, and it's full of fruit so that the limbs are hanging down. And what happens is when you're a a child of God with full limbs of fruit that are hanging down, then they bend way down for those who are uh, broken and, and burdened and who are on their knees to reach and grab some fruit off of your tree and supply the needs that they have. Now, we can get mad. You know, like the tree in the Wizard of Oz. How you like somebody coming by picking all the tree off your fruit, you know? Or we can be so glad that we can meet the needs of other people. And we can be thankful. You know, people come around and ask me all the time for stuff. Do they ask you for stuff? They should. You should be known as a very giving and generous person because of the way that God has blessed you. Are you really quick and, 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 and ready to help those around you because of all that God has done? If nobody ever comes and asks you for anything, you should really ask whether or not you're a generous person. Because those who give will be, become known as givers. And givers have needy takers coming to talk to them all the time. And that's a good thing. That doesn't mean that you've always got it to give, but that's a good thing. So... I digress. I need, to, I need to shut it down, but I just want so bad for us to be a church that really, really affects the people around us. But in order to do that, we have marriages in the room that are right on the edge. And I'm telling you, good goodness, Lord Jesus, help my words to sink to the heart and, be like a, and to be like a scalpel right now. I'm telling you that if you will heed 1 Thessalonians 5.15, 
your, both of you, your marriage will flip on its head today. If you will obey the scripture, single person, teenager, young person, if you will heed the scriptures and if you will bring yourself before the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, if you will bow the knee to King Jesus today, your world will flip upside down and he will make you into a person that you never knew you could possibly be. I promise. I promise. I guarantee it. I guarantee it. You see, because Jesus Christ was the one that poured himself out for our gain. He was the one that considered the reproach not even worthy to be compared. He was the one. He was the one that for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising its shame. You see, we're just called to be Jesus. So this morning, I know there are many people in here that just need to repent. I know there are. I know I do. So I want to ask you this morning, if you would come and respond to what God is calling you to do, that if you would lay aside yourself, that you would lay aside every sin that so easily entangles and, and, and that, you would, that you would run the race with endurance, looking to Jesus Christ, the author and the perfecter of the faith. Who in here needs to repent? Who in here knows you have not been looking to, to the needs of those around you, but you've been so selfish? You've not been washing your, water, washing your wife in the water of the word. You don't even know the word. How many, men, uh, how many men in this room need to be able to say with Paul, when I was a child, I thought I was a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things? 1 Corinthians 13, 11. How many of you in here need to do what 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says and act like men? Get into the Word of God. Study the Word of God. Be able to wash your wife in the water of the Word. Do you do that? Do you do that? Lord Jesus, I pray for these guys. I pray, Lord, that you would help us to do business with you today, God, that we might be transformed by the power of the gospel and by the power of the word and by your glory, the glory of Jesus Christ. Help us, God, to serve you in all the ways that you have called us to serve you. Be with us in this time of response as we just give it to you in Christ's name. Amen. Come and do what God has called you to do. Uh, right after this invitation, we'll have an opportunity for, for you to grab a name of a child off of the tree who's in need. And this is a great ministry. We have 70-something kids up here, I know, and uh, they all need, okay? So let's respond to Christ. Do what repenting you need to do. Do what work you need to do with God. Lay aside those things, and let's get right with the Lord, okay? Come, respond to the Lord.